Fuck you, Grandpa. Okay, Boomer. Fuck off. Hi, Ben. How are you today? <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty good. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Brilliant. All right. Um, what's happening? What's happening in my life? Uh, mm-hmm. Back into the office two days a week. Hybrid wow. working now. Fully hybrid working. Back exercising. You know, things are really looking up, Matt. Things are looking up. Oh, brilliant. Some possible, sounds amazing. possible issues in the horizon, but... Generally now, looking up, looking up. We're on the yeah the upward curve of the spinning wheel at the moment. Yes, we'll say that. Yeah. That's quite a good image. For them crashing down, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, what's the uh, so? What we're we talking about today? Well, I thought we might want to talk about uh, Brexit, Matt. And uh, why the fuck did you think that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we talk about the crisis facing this country and how much of it is to do with Brexit. Just to be cheery right. again after talking about assisted suicide, let's talk about the suicide of this once great nation. So the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is on holiday, enjoying a spot of painting, which absolutely wasn't just for the camera's sake. And the leader of opposition has been performing little publicity stunts, failing his HDD driver's tests and making a bit of a tit of himself. All's well in the land, then. Hmm, except it's not really, is it? With everything that's going on. How come they seem all nonchalant? Wow, there's crisis after crisis after crisis piling up in the country. I mean, just think back to the last few months, what have we had? Shortages of stock on the supermarket shelves, shortages of beer and weather spoons, milkshakes in McDonald's, chicken and KFC at Nando's, and we're told we might not have enough turkeys for Christmas, we might not even have enough toys for the kids. But Father Christmas doesn't have a supply chain, how am I going to explain that? We even had a problem with blood test tubes for the NHS and chemicals for the sewer system, led to the Environment Agency relaxing its rules, allowing facilities to release untreated effluent. Effluent, lovely word. Britain is literally swimming in its own shit. And then comes a petrol crisis, a petrol crisis. What is this, fucking Venezuela? All this is going on, while one of them's on the holiday, the other one's performing these silly little stunts. All through the conference season too. What did Labour do? Erupted into civil war. The whole thing was a circular firing squad. Apart from that, it was a big love-in for Corbyn. With the fruitcakes and loonies in fine fettle, worshipping the magic grandpa, St Corbyn, and denouncing their own party's leadership. Yes, the Corbyn movement, the far left remain unashamed, unembarrassed, and unreconciled to the rejection of 2019. They're telling us all about how to win elections and what policies the people want. To be fair to Keir Stam, he actually responded with a very good speech, a balls-out Blairite style speech, praising the record of the last government and really standing up to the far left. Thought I might finally get some momentum, this might be his time, but since then, boom, wilted again into nothing. 
and the Conservatives uh, still got a 9 or 10% lead. And the Conservative Party conference just seemed to be something of a celebration, a triumphant party, lots of backslapping, climaxing in the Prime Minister's tub-thumping speech about unleashing the spirit of Britain. Before we unleash the spirit of Britain, perhaps we might get enough petrol and food and turkeys and maybe just not release shit into water, things like that. Let's start with the basics. Though the Conservative Party conference, there was laughs, there was dancing and there was karaoke. The whole conference season, was the whole bulk of our governing class has gone to a different dimension where glorious, comforting, lovely obliviousness was gliding through their veins like morphine. The rest of us, however, are still here wondering what the fuck is going on in the country. And it's still the same. It doesn't seem like they have the gravity of the situation, does it, really? Because everywhere we look, there's another clusterfuck. Escalating crisis after crisis. So what we're going to discuss today is how much of this is to do with Brexit. Yes, back we go on to our favourite subject, fucking Brexit. Not everything's to do with Brexit. There's major congestion in the global supply chain. Well, still recovering from the pandemic. Delta variant disrupted factory production and shipping across the world. There's been container boxes have been lying at ports, rail yards and warehouses all over the world. The lorry driver shortage isn't just because of Brexit either. That's something a lot of countries all over Europe and in the United States are suffering as well. A lot of these problems are global and a lot of them are to do with the pandemic. It's kind of hard to separate the two. But that doesn't follow that it's nothing to do with Brexit, does it? It doesn't follow that we might have been better prepared for all these things if it wasn't for Brexit. So that's what we're going to discuss today. Brexit means Brexit, for sure. But are we making a success of it? Um, so one thing I do want to know is, like, when was the last time you filled up your car, Ben? Have, have you got enough petrol in your car? Well, that's a weird thing, actually, because last school? week... Uh, the, the, the week, just I think it was on Sunday, and I, I, my tank was pretty much empty because throughout lockdown I've got moved to a system where I basically fill up a little bit, uh, and then it goes down to nearly empty, and then I fill up again. It used to be when I was commuting every day, fill up the tank to absolute maximum, keep pumping away until it's practically overflowing, and then use that. But yeah. then since then it was just like short journeys. I was making short short journeys to. Uh, um, anyway, so <laughs> so I'll just fill up a little bit, and uh, <laughs> and I just got sort of used to that. Even and even now, I'm not commuting yeah. as much. I use my car as much. So anyway, that's really very interesting. I don't know why I needed to <laughs> any of that detail. Uh, basically, the, my tank was empty. I just wanted to make sure that people know that I wasn't panic buying. I was rationally yes, buying okay. petrol due to an empty yeah. tank of petrol. And it was, I, I had to go to, it was the third one I found in, in my little town of Beverly in East Yorkshire. Uh, and I had to queue up for ages. That was actually the week before. And then and then just at the beginning of this week, my wife had gone up to Selby for reasons I don't need to go into. And she couldn't find a petrol station anywhere that had any petrol. This, God, fucking, this is really good. <laughs> Long I just asked if he was just like, yeah, well, she, she basically nearly ran out of petrol on the motorway. Managed to get home. I took her out and right. so managed to find a petrol station had one pump left with petrol and it filled up a tank and they closed that one too wow fucking hell I could have Still said that so much quicker Jesus sorry I'm really sorry about that didn't know did you no so what you know crisis crisis apparently in uh, my uh, somebody I know who lives in Bradford said that at one point there was only three petrol stations there that had any fuel 
And wow. uh, obviously in London, the the numbers were quite crazy for a while. Even even uh, as it, towards the end of this week, there was quite a lot of shortages down there as well. So it's it's disconcerting. How did how did that person know there was only three petrol stations in Bradford with petrol in? Well, because I I don't know, Matt. That, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Might have been a bit of bullshit there, but mm. I think the point mainly to can take from that is that. Word of mouth. Petrol's not yeah. driving around a lot in Bradford, trying to find one. There's not many. Let's just say there wasn't many. We don't know those okay, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was my journal, my man on the ground in Bradford. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, great unraveling reporter. We've got a bit of a staff now where we just like <laughs> from different regions reporting on reporting on events, <laughs> different different fuel levels in yeah. various regions. <laughs> I'm a journalist. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, they had problems in the big cities, even in my little town, not very much. But that, it seems I haven't actually felt to fill up since then, so I don't really know what's going on with the petrol. But for a while there, it just seemed I think a it's bit. It's all right now, yeah. Yeah. How was your petrol filling situation? I don't use. I don't. Well, I don't I, use I, petrol. I don't. Well, no, I do. I do. I drive, but I only drive short distances. Yeah, because you work from home entirely, <laughs> don't you? Work yeah. from home. I just realised that might be something we need to discuss later. Anyway, for now, the petrol crisis. Great. Have you also have you personally experienced any shortages of food? Supermarket shelves empty. Much of that. I day? have. I have. I have um, I've noticed that there's been a shortage of wholemeal bagels. That is a fucking disgrace. That is. It's worrying. It's very worrying. Well, it's, I think that's what it is. Communist really. Russia. It's like next, really disconcerting. It? Yeah. It's like unnerving. <laughs> What is happening? Where's my, where's my wholemeal bagels? I've kind of just got into them again. Um, and now I've just got to go back to the plain ones. I know, that plain. Like, you get this like, weird shiver, don't you? It's like, oh, why is this? Why know, is it not there? As you get older as well, you realise the plain ones, the white ones, are the, the, they're boring. You want the wholemeal, you want the brown, you want the flavoursome yeah, yeah, yeah. ones, don't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. You can't get them, it's just a sign of decline in this mate. once great nation. You just see the shadow where it once was. Vote leave. Collecting on the you shelf. will not have any fucking wholemeal bagels, mate. Yeah. None. So, so why is this then, Ben? Is this is this all Brexit? Is this what's going on? <laughs> nice segue there into the in the subject, Matt. Very, <laughs> point, very yeah. good. Thanks. Well, Brexit is a is a is a is a major factor in it. There's, it's a complicated problem because obviously we've just been through a pandemic, and there's 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 all kinds of things contributing to it, and some of these things that we're suffering are. Uh, a bit of a global global issue. Like there's a there's congestion in the supply chain all around the world as they come through the pandemic and the the Delta variant has uh, sort of ravaged the whole world. And the bloody Suez Canal as well. Uh, the Suez Canal, yes, some fucker just like couldn't do a three point turn. <laughs> it's the perfect storm, isn't it? The Suez Canal and the pandemic and. Yeah, and obviously we've got Brexit on top of that. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the main point I'd make is is that, well, even if you think, even if you say that it's not Brexit causing anything, which I think I personally think would be wrong, clearly, but you it's difficult to argue that not being in a large free trade area and, and customs union, not being in a economic union with uh, many other countries is going to reduce your... Um, Robustness, your ability to adapt, it's going to it's going to make these things impact you a lot more. Um, you know, because you don't have you don't have shared resources, you don't have um, 
Mm. Yeah, because when you're part of a, a larger market with a bigger um, pool of uh, of labour to choose from, uh, and you're able to trade goods and services and people freely, it's easier to adapt and uh, absorb the 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 shock of something like this. You know, basically, you know, it's essentially dealing with it on your own. Is it's it's going to be more difficult than dealing with it as part of a larger collective, essentially. So. Um, one of the main drivers behind it is the shortage of lorry drivers. So this has been another point of contention because uh, people who don't want to admit that, there's any th- that Brexit has caused any damage are just saying, well, Germany and Poland and wherever, you know, lots of other places are um, suffering a shortage of lorry drivers. So it's not Brexit, but it's true that that it's not, not just Brexit, but it's been a, it's been a major... Factor. I mean, I think it's fourteen thousand EU drivers left just last year when we abolished free movement. We got a hundred thousand shortage, or somewhere between seventy thousand and a hundred thousand shortage. Um, and you know, a lot of the problems we're suffering have come post January when, uh, when we implemented a new trade agreement and the transition period ended. So, so I mean, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's no, it's no coincidence that we're now under these new conditions of the of the agreement that was negotiated, and we're suffering all these all these issues. What was um, so? What what about that? The response to well, there's shortages in Germany and Poland. Okay, so yeah, the the, the problem is though, that that being in the single market makes it easier for them to. To adapt to the shortage, they, for one thing, they've got um, a whole Europe-wide pool of, of um, EU drivers to choose from that they can hire. Um, so all the countries got this flexibility in built because of freedom of movement. But and have they done that? Though? Yeah, yeah. And um, another so thing is, have, have you heard the word resp- cabotage? I have not. Cabotage. It's a brilliant cabbage sabotage. No, cabotage. It's nothing to do with cabbages. Cabotage. To read the uh, Google. Oh, charge. Cabotage. Like sabotage, Cab- but cabotage. cabotage. I think it's but cabbage. And lots of jokes about that on Twitter. So I think it's cabotage. And cabotage is the transport of goods or passengers between two places in the same country by a transport operator from another country. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> So, Still thinking about cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about how many jobs basically a, for, a lorry driver could do in in one territory. So now that we've introduced a new agreement, there's a limit on the number of cabotage journeys a foreign business is allowed to make in each territory. So cabotage Sorry. means a lorry from Spain that's taking fruit to Edinburgh could collect dairy products in Edinburgh for delivery to Hull, and then from Hull it can take fish to deliver in Madrid. So it can, it, it can t- it can perform yeah. several jobs in in one territory. Um, so despite the shortages in the rest of e- the EU, they've got more flexibility inbuilt. There's no there's no shortage of food or petrol generally across the across the EU because they've got this efficient system working. Whereas the the new trade deal that we we negotiated restricted the number of UK hauliers. To, they could only perform two jobs within the single market, and the UK is we have responded with the same rules. So that means there's a lot of empty lorries on the roads. That means the whole system's less efficient, and we've just got basically less less flexibility. I think there's, prior to Brexit, there was an average of thirty percent lorries were empty for their return journey. Now it's sixty percent. So 
the whole system is it's just a bit basically a result of erecting trade barriers and uh, restricting the supply of labor um it's just it's just made everything much much worse for us so yes there's a there's a shortage in other countries but we're not able to respond to it as flexibly and uh and dynamically as uh, as countries that are or they're in the single market and basically and have freedom of movement i mean it's not when we put trade barriers up for goods and we haven't got if you go onto your supermarket shelves and you see all your fruits and fresh fruits from France, Spain, Portugal, wherever the fuck, uh, it, it's not rocket science to know that, that that food shortages are coming from the fact that we've chosen to erect trade barriers that make it much more laborious and slower for these things to arrive on our shelves. Simple as that. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, so what more is there to say about it then? <laughs> well. <laughs> well, it's just I think it's a bit odd, isn't it? That uh, everybody knows that this is the problem, but there's a large proportion of people that won't allow themselves to admit it, and then other people are invested in the fact they they can't even say it. Um, I mean, Keir Starmer touched on it in the, in a speech in the conference where he, he started using the phrase "is uh, it get Brexit right or make Brexit work" or something like that, which I think is the best line to go with because there's no point arguing at this right now to go back into the EU. They, they need to point out the problems that this current agreement we've got is causing and say how it can be improved. We're just left kind of in a rush, and now we've got the suffering the consequences. We've got to adapt to that, surely. We can't just say, you know, forever that oh, this is just the way it is now when we could adjust to it and uh, make amendments to to make this uh, post-Brexit economy work. <laughs> Sound like a politician then. Okay, shall we uh, stop there then? Mostly just a big rant by me, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Other shit. Okay, so other shit. What are we talking about? Well, let's start What's... about this subject yep. we've we've had a whole episode about before. So there's a lot of backlash now from some industry leaders and people in government about working from home, saying get back to your desks. I mean, it's been largely launched get at public sector workers because they don't want to let. But at the same time, I think civil service people, you know, and public sector people, they've been focusing on them. But it's kind of that's kind of a way of just trying to address the whole country and say, get back into the office. You need to get back into the office. Boris said, if you don't go back into the office, people will be gossiping about you. Uh, there was another minister, I can't remember his fucking name, who said that um, working from home, more like working from home, because uh, he was saying what working from home fuck? is work, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And Woke, what? Yeah, it makes no sense. Oh, man. And so there's a bit of a war against working from home, futile war. You know, yeah, of course. Is, yeah. I think a government that uh, you know, people who are all for creative destruction in other areas are not up for the disruption of rem- that's going to be caused by remote working and the change that's coming and that you cannot fucking stop. Now, I've 
I've, you know, we've also been through a pandemic as all this has been happening. So that we've discussed working from home before. And right now I'm yeah. doing hybrid working. I'm going to the office a couple of days, two or three days, two days generally, and work at home the other three days. And I've been a bit up and down. I've been quite happy to go into the office a couple of days. I know you work from home for five, but, um, but yeah, I do, yeah. But, um, I, 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 I sort of felt like I was tired of working from home and we needed to go. But actually what it was, I was more tired of the fucking pandemic and the habits I'd got into. Now I'm like back, sort of getting back to normal. I'm going to the gym. I'm getting myself out and about. I'm not stuck in this office. I'm, I'm you know, trying to live my life. I'm living my life, you know. So, But now I'm really enjoying the new lifestyle. It's improved. My, now I'm looking and I'm thinking, fuck, that's fantastic. This change that's come about from this awful thing is actually improved my quality of life immeasurably. Uh, this flexibility, yeah. this time at home, I'm taking my kids to school while my wife goes to work. I'm picking them up. I'm seeing them on a night. Yeah. My commute is not taking an hour or, or more out of my day. And other people obviously have worked. So did you see this, um, the, the YouGov poll about uh, people whose opinion is that the, 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 the workers should be returning to the office. It's all the so old this, fuckers, isn't it? It's all the people on the older age of the yeah. spectrum who, you know, coincidentally don't work anymore. Don't fucking who work. That, who think that workers and should return to the office. all the fucking younger people staying in for those old bastards who might die. Well, exactly. And, and now with the, the younger people are getting taxed to pay for these fucking old fats shitting in their pants. And we're supposed to fucking go, oh, you're right, actually, no, why is like all that? Go back to go Let's back all to the fucking office. stay home like you did. Go work in a fucking foundry. Fuck you, Grandpa. Okay, Boomer. Fuck off. I mean, the thing about I working from home, it doesn't suit every industry, obviously, so not everyone benefits from that. I get that. That's Not everybody wants it, and so that you can work in an industry where... Working not, from, all, not everybody works on computers. No, it's all different, but lots of, lots of places, it, 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 lots of different mm. industries, it works for them. Uh, yeah, It's not an op- option available for everyone, but... It, Many industries now are going to move to a hybrid model, and it works for the employers. It works for the employees. It's not just a a, a worker thing. There's a lot of of company. You know, when, when you talk about company anyway, you're talking about people. You know, so we're talk, if you're talking about company, generally when they're saying uh, a company might disapprove of working from home. You're talking about the senior management there. Well, a lot of them are benefiting from this as well, and they like it as well. So there's no stopping it. You know. No. Uh, okay, so let's talk about um, collaborative working and things like that. That can change. You can do that remotely. Yes, you can do that in an office space where you come together maybe sometimes for meetings or some companies are moving to the hybrid model two or three days a week in the office. Uh, this is the change that's coming, and, it, and I think it's going to work this really conversation well. is fucking annoying me. It's just like, get on board. Yes. Get on board. No, but that's what I'm saying. Yes, that's but, all. But yeah. Yes, but yes, yes, people can go and go into the office. Yes, some people can work from home lots of people are going to be working from home now and it's been proven that productivity is just as good if not better and that's just yeah, it. and fucking, there's talk yeah. about oh what it might do to businesses concentrating in the areas that were were serving workplaces well they will move some will fail and people will lose out but new businesses will emerge as happens at every period of economic disruption but people who are arguing against her move uh, home working and the disruption it will cause are often arguing for other forms of disruptive change in the economy you know there's no consistency there the benefits far outweigh the negative this is the biggest boost for workers rights in a fucking hundreds of years surely you know we're all winning we're all winning and I'm sick of this fucking work will set your free attitude. Work is a virtue. Is it fuck? Like sometimes you spend so much fucking time working and driving 
all the fucking way to some fucking office. Some people, I know people that drive four yeah. hours, three or four hours a fucking day. What a load of bullshit when you don't need to. Fuck that. Yeah. And, and also, right. isn't it going to, actually, wouldn't it help if we're talking about levelling up in the country or you don't have to leave the regional city you're in to work a better job because, for example, someone from Hull, where I come from, or Middlesbrough, where you come from, could get a job that's London, that's a London-based company or a company based on South or a company based in Scotland, because they could work remotely and you know occasionally travel up. It's just it's the, it's 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 swimming against the tide trying to, to to stop this. The government and any government is so foolish to try and work against it. Can you imagine that? I think there's a lot of people who you know you meet in life who you might work with who are not very political. They're not partisan. Maybe don't always vote, but. They're seeing their quality of life improve by this this change. And anyone who says that it's not good or they're lazy or they want to put a halt to it or, you know, put the brakes on it, they, you know, that's going to inspire people to vote against them, surely, because it's just one of those subjects, isn't it, that people are going to feel, they feel it in their lives, how their lives have changed. So trying to fight against it is just futile and stupid and I just don't understand it. You know, I'm just with you. It's just, just there's no real argument for me. Not a credible one. Some people in, like going to the office, and I've written, I've read articles about people that have gone back to the office, and I love it, and it's great. Good for you. Good for you. You know, yeah. we can have the best of both worlds, though, can't we? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an inevitable tide that has been, yeah, obviously, accept- was was happening before the pandemic, and has obviously just been kind of completely accelerated by the pandemic, and it's 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 you know it's irreversible now, and and I, th- I think that. Politicians know that as well. I mean, I, I think what what they're really doing is paying lip service to the the people who fund them. You know, the people who you know. I think they have to do that to a certain extent. <laughs> uh, we don't have to listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is not a very kind of like other shitty kind of. No, uh, it's not. It's actually a bit of another political one. So, we, yeah. should we move on? Do 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 do. Uh, well, you're moving. So, do you hire people to help you? Or do you just hire a van <laughs> and do it yourself? Last time we hired a load of, like, Polish guys. Yeah. And they were great. They were fantastic. We put, you know, um, and they came around and put everything in boxes and, and they and then we all drove from London out to out to Hertfordshire. Um, and it was great. They were a brilliant yeah. service. Just, you know, I can't speak highly enough of our Eastern European oh, For fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm done>. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and, but, there, but this time, where I'm moving to is literally like ten minutes, five, ten minutes down the road. I'd fucking stop. And I'm, I'd, I'd still I'm hire like, him because nah. last time I moved I'm from... I'm like, nah, I can't pay a Move from Barnsley to Beverly. I'm going to hire my own big van. Two big, barely blokes, and they fucking just did everything efficiently. Grabbed everything, put it in. I didn't lift a finger. Brilliant. I'd do that even if I was moving across the street now. Just, to, just get in there. <laughs> fucking, they know how to fit it all in. No yeah, fucking they're better at it than you, aren't they? That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I, I I, still have that like pride of like, but I know I know that I wouldn't do it as well as someone else. I'm a bit like a sort of Fraser and Niles from, you know, that just like, I'm contributing to the economy, but I want to hire people to do things for me. Now, my wife uh, tries to fight against that. We've got a few doors that need replacing. I'm just like, well, let's just fucking get someone to do it. And she's like, oh, well, we can do that ourselves. I'm like, well, we're not gonna that way. I mean, we're not gonna. And if I tried to do it, it would be terrible. If you tried yeah, hanging a door is not easy. Yeah, as well, well. I mean, we could, I mean, we could do it. I mean, I say we. She could do it with me around to yeah, listen. Um, yeah. But we're not gonna because we don't have the time. So let's just get someone to do it really quickly. 
you know, we'll just do it, you know. And I think that about even about painting and stuff. I mean, if you you can do your own painting, of course you can, but you get someone in a professional to do it, and they won't have those little bits everywhere where you're just like, oh, fuck that up, I'll fuck this up. Yeah, painting is one of those things that I don't mind doing. I don't mind doing that. Like, well, that's do a, that's, that's pretty. Yeah. I mean, I've done yeah. it. I've done bits of it, but it's never as good as. I mean, I've done. Okay, so fair enough. I've done my office and bits upstairs. We've done ourselves, but. When I say ourselves, I mean my wife's done it. Um, yeah, in the it, living yeah. room, there, in the dining room, the main areas of the room, we've got people to do it. It looks so much better. Yeah. No, Katie does most of it in our house too. And next on Middle Class too. Problems. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so this time I'm going to get myself a, a van, I think. I'm going to hire a van. and then I've never driven a van before, so we'll see. Maybe I'll crash ah, into another now, car. And... I'll tell you this, and I'm telling this from someone, as you know, who isn't the best of drivers. No, you're not. I was intimidated by the idea of driving a van, and I tell you what, driving a van is pretty much the same as driving a car. It's not difficult at all. It was a bit of a dream, actually. I loved driving a van, and I even drove... I drove a sort of medium-sized sort of van. I drove a bigger van. Yeah. I did not... I was shocked to say I did not find it difficult at all. And it was mm. very easy to drive. No, no more difficult than a car, I thought. Yes, you have to mind the size, but... Actually driving, it wasn't a problem at all. Uh, I was very surprised. So yeah, I'm actually quite excited now. You said yeah, that. it was not difficult. The, I'm imagining the wind in my hair. Yeah, my 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 elbow out of the the window. Yeah, and yeah, driving a yeah, van. Yeah, like a proper man. Yeah, I van, felt like a very very manly man. doing it, yeah. and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't difficult. I thought I was gonna. Be, I was kind of intimidated by that. I thought it was more of a manly thing than I could possibly do. Being a, a poor driver yeah, of cars... Yeah, you're not very good at that stuff, are you? I imagined it yeah. being cumbersome. I imagined it being difficult and heavy and difficult to manoeuvre. No, no. It was very, very satisfying driving it. So, yeah, mm. don't worry. You're going to feel you're gonna feel good. Yeah, I need anything. I need all of those, like, bits of, like, validation I can get, really, to be honest. So um, I'm looking for... <laughs> yeah, I think I might do it. Yeah, good. Yeah, nice one. So let's do the end bit, shall we? Do the end bit, yeah, we'll do the end bit. Thank you for mm-hmm. listening. You can follow us on Twitter, at UnravelPod, Facebook, The Great Unraveling. Um, yeah, I was just noticed there, you did, yeah, you compared yourself to Fraser Crane there, and now I've got, like, Fraser Crane in my in my mind. Well, I, I was, when you were comparing yourself to Fraser Crane, I was like, oh, yeah, God, yeah, Ben is just like Fraser Crane. Fraser Crane. That's when, that, um, thank you for finally rounding that circle for me. Um, wow, sarcasm is the yeah. lowest form of wit, my friend. Although but, I will say this no, about but Fraser. This, but, this, but this bit where it's like uh, just looking into the microphone and saying to the listeners, <laughs> etc. Thanks for listening. <laughs> what did he say? What was his catchphrase? I'm listening. I'm listening. And then he says at the final episode, he says, I'm listening, but so are you. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful. That's not my Fraser impression. I was just repeating the words. Mm-hmm. One of the yeah, finest yeah, yeah. sitcoms ever created, by the way. To watch it from beginning to end is a real pleasure. So do that. You have to watch it from beginning to end. You don't have to, end, to but it is a particular a bit, nice experience watching it from beginning to end because you obviously you follow the whole plot line and the ups and downs of the show. That's a great way to watch a sitcom, obviously. So I would commend that to anybody. Okay. Goodbye. So shall we finish it there? Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, Fuck off. Listen to Frasier. In case you haven't heard of it, just this yeah, new sitcom. Yeah, it's this new sitcom. Uh, I believe it came <laughs> out in 1992 or three or something. If you call Seinfeld. That's a good one. The Office. Seinfeld. Was, a, was yes. relatively recent. Yep. 
And Cheers. Cheers. Golden Girls. Did you watch Cheers when, was, uh, did you watch Cheers when you were younger? Was Should we stop there? Let's stop. Taxi. Did you see Taxi when you were younger? Yeah, I used to watch that in... Uh... Well, I used to watch it in my sister's bedroom. I had a sink in there, which I used to piss in. That was the start of my sink pissing, which would continue throughout my life. It's just on a level, isn't it? Just above, just above your waist. Just above your waist, so it's just right there, isn't it? Let the Another day 